Hey folks, it's us, podcasting wonderkins John Bishop and Lucas Southworth. Although this is a podcast about cars, it is not age-appropriate for the target demographic of these films, as we usually end up talking about the reproductive organs of Lightning McQueen. Alright, now let's take a look under the hood. Welcome to the Kachat, the only podcast brave enough to ask the questions, what if cars, but then also like family. Hey, I'm John Bishop. What's up with cars? I'm Lucas Southworth. And today we're going to be talking about what we're going to be doing. One of our classic, classic, classic things that we do so often. Every time. Every time. It's it's our what are we even what do we call it? Um, I, I'm going to land on miniseries. <laughs> But miniseries, but like, what's this one called? Oh, we did. We came up with a name for it last time we did it. Uh, ah, shoot. And I really liked it. <laughs> See, See get... that's the problem is when you don't do a miniseries that often. Yeah. Uh, you forget the name of the miniseries. Yeah, scroll past all of the uh, cars on the road. Oh, Riders Room is what we mm. called it. Pretty Absolutely, good. yeah. So, time for another writer's room. Hell yeah! This man. week, our episode is going to be about the next movie that's coming up, Cars Eight. Hell yeah! And if you'll remember, folks, we have done a pitch for Cars Four, uh, in which I think we said Lightning McQueen saves the community of Radiator Springs from the most heinous villain of all, gentrification. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know. You pitched this, John, uh, so I'll let you speak for it yourself, but I I read it as, it's so obvious what's going to happen in Cars 5, 6, and 7. You know, we don't have to cover those. Is that the angle you're coming from? I was coming from the angle of, you know what would be fun? Let's do another Cars movie. You know what would be much more fun than that? If we went the exact same extreme that they do with the fast and the furious series and just went ahead and decided, Hey, what would this be if we just took the premise and went crazy for a bit? Cause like, do you know what the first fast and the furious movie is? I do not. I have not ever seen a fast and furious movie, which I imagine will be to my detriment during this episode. All right. So the first fast and furious movie uh, there's a dude, he works for the FBI, if I'm remembering correctly, and probably not. Uh, and then he's tasked with figuring out who's going to do a, a good steal. They're going to steal some stuff. That thing that they're going to steal, TVs with VCRs built into them. Oh my God. <laughs> the pinnacle of technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's going to happen. So he's tasked with this, and then he goes into the underground, and he learns a lesson about family. Except not really, because it's not that big a deal in the first one. It's kind of like something, because like they're a group of people who all care about each other. But like he in he gets into this like drag racing thing, like they're street racers. That's what they do, and also they're gonna do a steal. Uh, but then this guy becomes part of the family and betrays the FBI for reasons, I guess. And uh, a bunch of crazy stuff happens. And then I don't really understand exactly what goes on because like someone betrays someone, but it's like someone in the FBI. And then also the main character is betraying them because, you know, he's in the FBI and it just gets a little wackadoodle, but it's basically just, Hey, drag racing's cool. Cars are cool. What if we had a bunch of scantily clad women and cars and that's the movie? Like, that's it. Incredible. And uh, they turned that into, hey, okay, so 
you know how these guys were all drag racers and like did some stealing? What if they saved the world from super soldiers and also were elite hackers and could defy gravity and all sorts of physics and were all essentially superhuman, but for some reason vexed by a weirdly genuine superhuman in one of the movies. Yeah. And also like, what if law didn't make sense and the people who were a part of the law and also the people who aren't a part of the law just like switch sides all the time. <laughs> Great. It I basically it. became a superhero movie, but with family as the like claimed focus. And most of the superpowers I gotta imagine are driving cars good. And you mentioned hacking, which I've heard is a thing. And I know they punch each other and shoot each other a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, also there is one scene that I think it was an eight, but like Dominic Toretto gets on top of a car. And then he jumps from one car in one lane to, I think, a lane that has like a complete 20 foot, like empty space in between it to the other lane, flies, punch hugs someone, and then like wrestle hugs them to the other car. And everyone survives. Everyone's fine. But he just he basically Superman like first issues flies uh, and catches someone and takes no damage from any of the vehicles involved. Well, again, all to punch hug someone. And you know, it's a noble pursuit. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad, you know, I'm glad that's good. Yeah. And it's all about family. And I guess what could be more family, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) than cars. So I just wanted to say, what if we took cars and we fast and furious it and did iterations up to movie eight? Okay, so we are going to explore five, six, seven, or are we going to explore one through eight, a reimagining of the cars franchise? Neither. Okay. I'm suggesting that what we do is we skip five six seven and just imagine what the eighth movie would have turned into yes that that is what i wanted to do the whole time i'm glad I all right you confused me a bit i would love it at some point and we can do this right here since i'm suggesting it i would love to rename all the cars movies based on the incredible naming conventions of the fast and furious movies which i have pulled up here all right, this, but here's the problem. Yeah. The Fast and the Furious mostly plays off of, like, the first name. And you can't play much with cars. That's true. Because Fast and the Furious, Fate of the Furious, uh, Furious 8, or Fast 5, uh, the, there's so many things. Too Fast, Too Furious, even. like Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift. It's all great. It is. All of it. No But notes. like, how do you do that with cars? I guess I don't know. But I do know that I want Hobbs and Shaw to be Fillmore and Sarge. Uh, okay. But that's all I've got. That's all I've got. So we can skip that segment then. All right. But cars. Yeah. Cars 2 electric boogaloo. Let's steal that. Sure. Because why not? Uh, cars 3... What would that be? We need a subtitle for it to imitate Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, cars. Well, here's the thing. Knowing, like, it's not even a similar style. It's just like, what do I think people who named the Fast and the Furious movies would name Cars 3? Sure. It would just be Thunder and Lightning. Oh, man. One, incredible. Incredible. Well, no, because... Thunder is, uh, uh, Kachiga is, uh, Chick Hicks. Storm is Jackson Storm. He's not Thunder. Okay, then it'd be a lightning storm. Lightning storm. There we go. (laughs) But honestly, though, I still want to stick with Thunder and Lightning, despite the fact that that would be wrong. No, yeah, it's a better name. Not even just for that, but like the fact that it's wrong is funnier to me. No, that's fair. (laughs) It's like, but that, but his name's Storm. 
No, he's the thunder. He's the whole, he would be the whole thing. What name? No, 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 no. You're not understanding. It's great. It's great. I'm, I'm good abandoning this bit. Uh, and moving on to Cars 8. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the fate of the Carius is what I think you texted me. Yep. The fa- eight, fa- eight of the Furious. Curious. I'm going to figure it out. Uh, <laughs> All right, but it could just be eight cars and not make any sense. That w- okay. I do like not that. Not cars eight, eight cars. I do like that. Mm. Okay, so right off the bat, and I'm going to run this by you. We don't need to talk about what happened in five, six, seven. Mm-hmm. I asked Liz what she thought would happen uh, in Cars 8, and I would love to just tell you what she told me. Nice. Uh, She considered it for a moment and said, I guess Doc's ghost would comfort Lightning while he was dying. Uh, (laughs) Oh. And I'm not not sure we're going to come up with anything better than that. Uh, I hope not. (laughs) Yeah. I I will say, from the moment you texted me, uh, you said Cars 8, and I thought about it for two seconds, and I thought, well, Lightning's certainly dead by then. I mean, so should be, like, Dominic Toretto, on account of the whole, he does the flying punch Mm -hmm. arm swing, and, like, that's the least of what he does to risk his life in all of the movies. That's fair. But if we follow the logic of these movies, which I imagine the Fast and the Furious don't follow their own logic, so we don't have to. But if we did, uh, one of the very first things we ever decided is that Doc died young because of his crash, so Lightning will will too, since he had a similar crash. But But Lightning's already old. Exactly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's living on borrowed time in uh, Cars 4. (laughs) Okay. Uh, but hear me out. It's going to become more and more hilarious and stupid. And it's going to be like, I'm getting too old for this. Except every single movie, he says it and it gets worse. And like, I want him to vocally age in extreme ways. Every movie. That would be fun. It would be fun if he was just suddenly an older model of car. Mm-hmm. each time so by that point he is like you know a model t similar to lizzie yeah and <laughs> we replace like love love owen wilson sure. but we replace him with just extreme age gaps of like okay next actor is 20 years older next actor another 20 years older <laughs> we're gonna run out of 20 years older after a few movies. That's fair enough. I do like that. Uh, I'm thinking in two movies, we've got good old... Oh, shoot. Is this... I can't believe I don't remember the name. I don't, I keep wanting to say Sam Wilson, but that's not it. You're not thinking of Anthony Mackie, are you? No. <laughs> okay. That uh, I don't know. <laughs> I was trying to think of any of the things that he's in, and he's in a lot of things, but I couldn't sure. place one. Then what Sam you... Elliott. Oh, man. That would <laughs> like, We don't explain it at all. And it, no instructions are given to him to like, hey, try to imitate Owen Wilson's performance. No, he's just doing Sam. He's Sam just Elliott. Sam Wilson, except Elliott, because I keep doing that. <laughs> You do, and that's okay. All right, so next... Okay, so in Cars 6, it's Sam Elliott. Who plays it after that? Okay. Is Alan Alda still alive? I hope so. Me too, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, Yeah, he's alive. He's 86, that's pretty old. Yeah, all right, so Alan Alda is the next one. And that's only up to uh cars seven so cars eight and again like he's doing all the wacky and crazy stuff he's just voiced by a different guy 
actors over 90. Ooh, Dick Van Dyke, he's still alive, right? He's still alive? I sure hope so. That's probably rude of me to say. Oh, Dick Van Dyke's 97. Let's get him in here. All right, Dick Van Dyke is, of course, the uh, Cars 8 Lightning McQueen. And you know what? He'd probably kill it. (laughs) Absolutely. He would bring an energy to the role that has never been seen before, you know? Mm -hmm. All right. So that's the casting for the next movies. Yes. All right. uh, So... What is it going to be about? Because again, we got to go with like, it gets crazier every time. Mater has to have some weird thing that he contributes. And I'm thinking maybe he just is like a God King, but also that's not the same vein. Uh, Like good old Guido is going to come out as actually being a super soldier at some point for sure. That's fair. I was thinking as much as I like that, I was kind of wondering if Mater would be our one exception to the escalation. Mater is exactly, I mean exactly the same. Painfully the same. Yes. Uh, everyone else, Cruz is barely holding on. She has her protege who is aging out of the sport by this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of Radiator Springs is gone. Mater's still doing all his Mater stuff. <laughs> He's... I don't know, man. He's doing it. And I want someone to be the president. And I don't know if I want it to be Sarge or Jackson Storm. Jackson would be a pretty good one. Chick Hicks would be some commentary. Uh, Yeah, but, well, that would be, like, too painfully on the nose of, like, it's just Donald Trump. Yeah, no, I know. (laughs) Because let's face it, he's hosted some weird beauty pageant before. Yeah, no, I I mean, that's what I was going for when I suggested him. Yeah. Okay, okay, so... It would, okay. What's the plot? Yeah, we're we're, we're missing the force for the trees Mm -hmm. here. I'm thinking something crazy, but also like... What would that entail? We've already had Cars 2 where super spies are a thing and also like just straight up they they involve like a super villain who explodes people. Yeah. So the stakes were already pretty high in this one. Mm-hmm. Okay. First things first. Every movie, whether it's the main focus or not, has been sort of centered around a race or series of races. Mm-hmm. So I think we do need that. Uh, and we can now, maybe the thing. expand from there. Go ahead. In Fast and Furious, that franchise, that was the case for the first couple of movies. Okay. And then it started just being, oh, we're going to include nice cars and there's going to be some sort of chase scene, at least one. But, like, they don't really race anymore. That's fair. I was thinking about, like, an intergalactic race series. Okay. Which I was a little excited about, but I I would also be fine if we wanted to get away from racing. Okay. Intergalactic chase sounds good. Like, aliens come and they're like, hey, we've noted that one of your racers is expensive exceptionally talented despite his extremely advanced age yeah i love it so far (laughs) okay um where do we go from there uh okay so aliens are drawn to lightning for his incredible talent despite his you know incredible old age I mean, I feel like there has to be, if we're going Fast and the Furious, from what I've seen, they always seem to be stopping some bad guys from doing some bad guy stuff. Mm-hmm. So we need some sort of crime, some sort of heist, some sort of scheme for whoever our heroes are. We haven't even decided that. 
to be foiling as well that mm-hmm. would tie in nicely with the intergalactic grand prix okay so first off gotta say sally has come back to life at this point incredible i love it maybe in this one they find out she's still alive or someone has perfected the technology potentially okay by by this point we've crossed over with planes fully mm-hmm uh so maru has you know perfected his frankenstein-esque technology and is just you know uh much like i hear the isle of krakoa is doing nowadays in x-men comics just willy-nilly bringing people back from the dead yeah boy howdy there's some crazy stuff with the x-men the past couple of years yeah i really i've started like I, like I've started a pool list at my local comic shop and I've been getting into comics more and more and I really want to get into X-Men but there are like 12 different X-Men books out at a time yep. and they're all on like in like the mid teens onward most past that I just have no idea where to start so if you know anything about that let me know yeah yeah all right but so <laughs> Boy, howdy, I don't even know where to start. The Fast and the Furious movies are crazy. Cars, they already did a crazy second one. Intergalactic race. Someone comes up, they're like, hey, Lightning McQueen, let's do this. Is this a tie-in with a space rocket that has gone into space? Or, of course, unidentified flying mater? I feel like we do a solid tie-in with one and cameo the other, you know? Uh, so we need to decide up top who is, like, at least a major-ish player in it. And then we can have the other, you know, in the crowd at the big race or something. Mm-hmm. We certainly know more about Unidentified Flying Mater. Mm-hmm. But if we're assuming Cars 5, 6, 7... I assume we're going to have taken some material from canceled space plane spinoff. Yeah. One of those. And they will have been a major character from that. I'm thinking like six is there's just a space movie, except lightning goes to space for some reason. And it's like, uh, he needs to race some villains who are mining for crude oil on Mars. Yeah, so it's the first one where they go to space, but this one is like, ah, he's racing on the moon. And yeah, then, he's hunting down humans, not aliens. Yeah, and in this one, we're going full. Nah, they got part of the race is through like an asteroid belt, and they've got boosters. And why is a car competing in this? Who can say? Mm-hmm. And uh, Maru has teamed up with the, uh, I don't remember what it's called, salt bed area group of people and also has experimented on various members of the main cast and has turned them into just the better than the best type of whatever nonsense. I do like that quite a bit. Sort of like the, how when superheroes randomly get Iron Man suits Mm -hmm. that enhance their abilities even further. That or just, you know, what they do with Venom and put them on everything. That's also, yeah, fair enough. Man, I love symbiote versions. Uh, Yeah, they're very good. (laughs) Especially when you get nice variants of them in Marvel Snap. Yep. Oh, boy. Especially, especially when they work in a destroy deck. So they can, you can be like, ah, Carnage and Venom are the leaders and they've infected all these people. Yada, yada, yada. That's pretty great. Yeah. Man, I have seen some weird usage of Carnage and Venom. And I gotta say, I'm much more underwhelmed by Carnage than I am Venom, mm. which is weird. That's fair. Uh, I, I run a big Venom deck right now, mm-hmm. where the whole goal is to build up one lane real big, have it eaten by Venom, and then use either Zola to copy it into the other two lanes, or Taskmaster to copy its power, or something like that. And it's very fun. It's not like... Sounds like... Great, but... I don't know. I'm never going to be great at this game, so I might as well play a deck that's fun. Yeah. I'm still playing, like, my second deck. That's fair. It took me a very long time to stop playing my uh, Kazar bunch of one-drop deck. 
because it was so fun. I love just putting out like a bunch of stuff every turn. It's very fun. Yeah. Y'all got to play Marvel Snap, but we've got to pitch a movie. All right. So in Cars 6, they go to Mars. Yes. In Cars 8, Mars strikes back. Oh, no. Turns out there are underground Martians, and uh, due to the explosions from the racing, their ancient civilization has been disturbed, and they're preparing for war, and they want to destroy the Earth, and it's up to the crew, the family, to save the day. So, without getting much actual modification, of course, Dusty Crophopper flies into space, because he has defied his fear of heights so much that he can just fly to Mars. Never mind the vacuum. Yeah, I would enjoy if they did like some very small modification, like akin to him losing his crop dusters. And mm-hmm. we're like, okay, you're space ready, bud. Yep. And, they uh, they give him a, like a gas mask. That's it. Yeah. Maybe just a second propeller. They or give a, him rip slingers. A, a different propeller, even. They repl- they don't even give him another one. They just replace the one he has. Yep. Okay, so Maru... No, he breaks his old ones, and Maru just fixes them. That, that That's that's Maru's MO, for mm-hmm. sure. He's trying to go to space, and then he freaks out because it's too high up, and he falls and breaks his entire face and propellers. And he gets like a you can breathe in space addition to his face and new propellers that can push vacuums. I would enjoy uh, when he when he fell, if he was destroyed, like end of the Iron Giant levels, like mm-hmm. his parts scattered the earth and Maru still takes like a day and a half and is like, ah, better than new. You're great. And he's like, I was unmade. <laughs> I was rent from this mortal realm yeah i love it but here's what we're saying uh that happened in seven that happened in six because of course it's the first space movie and in seven he was the bad guy Ooh, yeah maru made him two two better than new Mm -hmm. maybe even three oh geez (laughs) can you imagine and that's like his Maru's new thing is he keeps adding a number is I made him four better than new. And at some point, I don't know, I can't remember anyone's name from Blade's Fire and Rescue, uh, but they take him aside and they're like, hey, Blade Ranger. Yeah, Blade takes him aside. It's like, hey, I appreciate what you're doing. No, it's it hasn't landed since the first time. And like, you can keep making the joke if you want, but know that it's not gonna it's not gonna be one of those things where you keep making it until it's funny you know yeah and it's one of those moments where they pretend that it was not scripted at all uh-huh. uh unlike the actual moment that was unscripted in uh i don't remember which one it was one of them where he says everybody hide your baby oil because the rock comes out He's like, hey, I'm going to eat with you, even though like we were in a Mesa movie or two ago. And then he says, better hide that forehead. And then the guy just gets really sad because it wasn't scripted and The Rock just insulted him. Well, that's no good. It was funny. Yeah. And it's a good comeback for just doing one. But also like, ouch. That's like a person you have to keep working with, you know? Yeah. And the best thing about the new movie is, of course, we actually get Ludacris. Luda? Yep. What's what's he doing? I assume this is a Fast and Furious reference. That he's I'm just in Fast and Furious. Great. Incredible. Uh, he's not a car. He's, he's just not ludicrous. a car. He's Ludacris. That's, all right. So in book, not in book, in uh, movie five, you find out that the manufacturer is, in fact, real and is people. And is Ludacris. And is well, the representative for humanity is ludicrous. Incredible. I love it. And that's why he is in the rest of the movies. Yes. And he has to come with them uh, because the cars and vehicles are so bad at taking care of themselves that the manufacturer is like, if they go off world, 
they're going to die within minutes. So we have to send at least some contingency of the manufacturer or these dumb, dumb vehicles will not make it 10 seconds. And the best and worst part is he rides around in a car. Yes. A car that can fly into space. Of course. Like the Tesla that got shot into space. Except this one's actually made for space and not just a ha <laughs> meme. Yeah, that was a dumb thing he did. That was one of the things that I can approve of. Despite, you know, space debris being a major problem, I can say that's a fun little... He's testing his uh, reusable rockets. SpaceX is trying to make some sort of good progress. He can do one dumb stunt and I'll be happy about it because that's fun. Yeah, if he was like, you know, Bill Gates level of not being on the news all the time and he did that, I'd be like, yeah, sure, whatever. (laughs) But since he's Elon Musk, basically everything he does, I'm like, ah, what an idiot. I hate him. What a piece of shit. Yeah, that about sums it up. Uh, Okay, Aliens, Big Grand Prix, uh, all hands on deck. I would love it. Okay. Okay, here's a thought. Humanity or Carmanity's first choice for the Alien Grand Prix instead of them recruiting Lightning is, oh, obviously it's Dusty Cropopper, the plane who can do anything. Mm -hmm. And Dusty's like, great, I got it. But then he gets an alert uh, and he goes, oh no, there's a sun that's going supernova that plans to threaten this entire this entire other solar system. I've got to go put it out. Uh, you know, planes, fire and rescue style. Uh, so he's out of the picture and then it has to be lightning instead. What do you think about that? I think they ask lightning first. He says, no, then dusty says yes, but dusty can't do it. So Cruz gets recruited, but she's sick mm. and is likely to die from space disease if she does it, but she's going to anyway. So lightning does it instead, but also with her and she just doesn't die because lightning's there for some reason. Yeah. And I guess if it's all about family, we need a big bunch of them involved in this. Mm -hmm. So we can't just have one representative. So I do like that. Uh, Lightning goes seemingly to protect her but like also he participates in it yeah i like that uh i i want to stick by dusty getting called away if for no other reason than i think it's very funny the idea of him having to put out a star (laughs) like it's a normal forest fire yeah Uh, (laughs) the sun's on fire we gotta put it out (laughs) blade let's roll and then they go and they do it. Mm-hmm. They just go ahead and do it. And it's it's like explained off as like, okay, you are the only firefighters who can do this. Uh, we need you. There's going to be a massive solar flare. and We need you to put it out. Yeah. Yeah. With, like with just the same amount of explanation as like, uh, what's Armageddon? Is that the it's easier to teach drillers to be astronauts than astronauts to be drillers movie. I think so. That sounds right. Yeah. I like that, (laughs) man. That that's, and then, but that's hinting at its own spinoff movie plane seven. It's in space now. Uh, So if you want to see that, you got to come back and see the Armageddon Armageddon spoof of planes that I've also just pitched. Apparently. Uh huh, and uh, that one's going to be great because the only two characters that are recurring are Blade and uh, Dusty for no reason, sure. and they're the rest of them are just like ridiculous. The most like basically they're all El Choop style. Like this is ridiculous. I can't believe we're still making characters like this. Except it's all in just the weirdest ways possible. Yeah, I need to get down with that. I also like that it sort of represents the Fast and Furious desire to make 100,000 spinoffs that seems to be happening now. Mm -hmm. 
and it's like the Hobbs and Shaw thing of just like they took those two characters and they're just doing it, I guess. Yeah, I went on uh, the TV tropes page for. Uh, it can't uh, be. It can't be Blade. It it's got to be Sheriff. It's got to be Sheriff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but in the uh, area of like unreleased films, it says an untitled eleventh film, an untitled female-focused spinoff, and an untitled Hobson Shaw sequel. So they are just milking it, baby. Absolutely. Helen Mirren is in Hobbs and Shaw. News to me. Doing? That's incredible. How'd they get her? Uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, so we've got the race. We're doing mm-hmm. the race. What's the what's the villainous plan we're foiling? All right. So it's somehow a race but not actually a race and it's they're getting ready to start their start their warp drives that'll let them get to earth in seconds so uh the racers have to get there to compete in a strange maze ritual on mars that will allow them to access the deep magics which are actually just super ancient technologies uh, and one of them is, of course, warp drives, which they gave up because deep uh, exploration uh, is why Earth exists. Is this like a reference to a series? Because that sounds like a plot point in something. Not intentionally. Okay. If it happens to be, it's not something I think I know. Hell yeah, man. Okay. I like that. I was thinking maybe instead of making the solar flare a separate movie, maybe I want to tie it in basically. Mm-hmm. So we've got the A team doing the race, the B team sort of preventing stalling the solar flare for as long as possible. Uh, but someone is making the solar flares happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they they know it's at the race, so maybe it's their cover. They're they're entering it, you know, to uh, uh, just be a, the, the, on the surface. They're like, we just want to be competitors, but they know someone involved with the race is causing the solar flares, so they're secretly investigating. How does that sound? Sounds great. Perfect. It's weirdly including the like original Fast and Furious plot. I love it. <laughs> And the person who uh, is getting replaced on that mission, uh, originally it was supposed to be, of course, Finn McMissile. Mm. And you know what? One of the racers is a train. Ooh, that's going to be hard to beat. He's a space train. Incredible. The track can go anywhere. Mm-hmm. There are no limits. It's a hard light project- projection of a track. That he just shoots out in front of himself so he can go anywhere he wants. He's a god unchained. That's going to be hard to beat. But for some reason, to make the plan work, they actually have to win the race. Mm-hmm. So they got to beat him. And, and I, the okay. solar flares are because uh, they're trying to hasten the weird ritual on Mars. Yes. And Mars, uh, like, they know it's supposed to happen in a few years, but they're causing solar flares that are like hastening the magic that is on the technology because it's all solar powered. Yes. I like this a lot. I want the train to be a fake out villain. Mm -hmm. Uh, We think for a lot of the film or the characters think in the audience is like, obviously this is a red herring uh, that he's it. He's too powerful. He's aloof. But then some uh, situation, he saves them from an asteroid or something Mm -hmm. uh, in the last quarter of the movie. And they're like, oh, no, he's cool. But that means and then they figure out who the real villain is. They eventually find out he's not even Martian. Whoa. He's from Pluto. Now he's from Titan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like it. And he is a titan. Whoa. Like, the Greek ones. And you find out, like, 
when he saves him well saves them by like sacrificing one of his train cars that the titans are a group of trains that roam the universe uh and they uh prevent galactic anomalies such as someone misusing the power of the sun Ooh, okay you've said that and i like that it did make me think you were gonna say when he lost one of the cars what if trains are like a hive mind and each of the cars are a consciousness that you know contributes to the greater singular consciousness of the train or that's how it works for this one alien train if we yes. don't want to make that, you know, the larger canon. It's definitely that. Uh, so part of him died and he sacrificed himself for them. Mm. And that part had hundreds of years of memories. He doesn't remember his sophomore year of college now. Nope. Or Shame. what ice cream tastes like. Well, that's almost a good thing. You get to re-experience ice cream. Are you kidding me? I'd sacrifice a train car for that. Yeah, but it's going to take him hundreds of years to figure out which one's his favorite again. Well, John, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing it again, you know? Okay. That's a saying I just made up. <laughs> I think the real saying is if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing. Sure. Why not? It's worth doing right. It's worth doing right. Yeah. I think the thing I said is also a phrase, but is like a one of those. That's not really a true thing. You should believe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so we've got it. We've got the plan. We've got the fake-out villain. We've got our heroes, two teams of them, family, etc. One of them's going to die. Which one? But now we need a truly good villain. John, give me a pitch one right down the center. All right. It's voiced by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yes, I was going to say we got to bring him in. And it is straight up just uh, a plane car who was accidentally brought to Mars once. And no, he was originally the Mars rover. I like that. Just to, I'm going to pitch something. I like the Mars rover a lot. (laughs) Just to tie it in with something we were doing previously this episode. He is the Tesla that got shot into space. He's the Tesla that got shot into space He got out of orbit and drifted towards Mars until he landed there due to the travel, uh, like to and from whatnot, uh, to Mars in the movie where they were trying to like prevent the weird, uh, thing that was happening in six. Sure. So, uh, that brings him to Mars and then the Martians, uh, don't understand what he is because he's got a bunch of like debris on him. So they think he's like an ancient Martian. So they're listening to him. Yes. And then like the ancient magic turns him into a slightly different car. That's like half Martian. And uh, they think he's the chosen one. So he leads them against earth to do all this. All right. And they don't think he could possibly be an earth car because Last time the Martians checked, the Earth cars were gas-powered, not electric. Love that detail. Uh, And his ritual, the ritual, it's not real. Because he was thought as an ancient Martian, he was able to convince them that, no, 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 we need these solar flares to enact this ancient thing from back when I was around. But really, he is trying to get the sun to explode, destroying both earth and mars taking down the solar system that abandoned him all in one fell swoop yes no yes Yes. and it's because he has space madness yeah i gotta imagine the trip without like secondary boosters after you're already in space the trip from earth to mars would be you know lots of years Mm -hmm. floating aimlessly the space madness is because in this universe, SpaceX did it without telling him they weren't going to bring him back. Ooh. So, like, his buddy drops him off. He's like, hey, see you in a... Wait a minute. I don't remember. What time did they say they were picking me back up? He goes, I don't know. They never told me anything. And then he just, like, drifts on back. He's like, oh, okay. Well, uh, see you soon. And then, like, there's that heartbreaking time forward skip where it's like, oh... 
He's still there waiting. He's just waiting. Waiting. And like the days go by, except you find out that it's actually just like a few days. But like it keeps getting light and dark because things are passing in front of him and their satellites. Ooh. It's no good. It's heartbreaking. We we've made a sympathetic villain here. But then he'll say, and I want to blow up the world. And the audience will say, ah, well, you had a sympathetic villain until then, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or as I like to call it, Marvel movie disease. Uh... Or you have a sympathetic villain who's like really good. And then you kill them. Yeah. <laughs> That's Marvel movie disease stage two. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love Marvel movies, but man, they don't handle their villains great sometimes. Sometimes they're really good, though. And sometimes it's just, hey, what if the hero were a villain instead? That's the hero's villain. Or what if there's like a big gray thing? That's DC. No, you're absolutely right. That is DC. (laughs) What if there's a big gray thing and a sky beam? And it's scary and strong and Superman's dead. Oh, God. (laughs) Yep. 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 Yeah. (sighs) Good stuff. I watched Thor 4 the other night for the first time. I see some of the complaints people had, but I think they were oversold. It was good enough. See, it wigs me out because like it cannot fit with the other movies. And the hand wavy that's okay is that it was, uh, can't even remember, Korg's version. He was telling the story, so it sounds more goofy because he's choosing to tell it how he wants to. Sure, but also like there was too much humor about the person dying of cancer. Yeah, I'll agree just in general. It got a little too like the Taika quips were too, too many. There were too many of them. It was Uh, too much of the thing. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I am not one of those. I feel like there has been a backlash against Ragnarok recently. I'm not one of those. I still think Ragnarok's phenomenal. Uh, I have never been like very pro Ragnarok. No, and I know that. And I I appreciate that about you. But Uh, I will say this movie, I would say, makes me appreciate Ragnarok more because of how well balanced Ragnarok was. That's fair. And and I agree fully with that. They go, they lean too far in it because they're like, everyone loved Ragnarok. And I'm like, eh. But I will say at the same time, the emotional beats of Jane's story, they they got me pretty good. <laughs> and maybe I'm just a sucker, you know? You show me some love and some grief, and I'm like, ah, yeah, that's humanity, baby. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't know. I liked it. I think they could have done a little bit more with Gore the God Butcher. Like, Oh, yeah, for sh- sure. Show him butchering a god, perhaps. <laughs> Would have been pretty cool. But, Show him butchering a god and not having killed, I don't know, like one god that was just in self-defense. Yeah. But his performance was very good still. Yeah. I mean, Christian Bale, he He's, brought it. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy, but like, hey. And again, its biggest problem is that like it, his performance did not fit with the rest of the film because... He just did a very intense, dramatic performance of a man who lost his faith in a tragic way and was destroyed to the point where any amount of corruption could take him easily. And like that did not fit tonally with the rest of the movie. Yeah, I don't fully disagree with that. But I also I remember part of the reason I haven't seen it till now is because I saw everyone saying, oh, it's literally horrible. And I watched it and I was like, this is no, you know, example of your favorite Marvel movie here, but Eternals. Well, it was all it was also no Eternals, which I'll say on the Man, positive. It, it, Eternals, I, I that movie was so not Marvel in its Marvelness, and I loved it for that. I don't know, man. Eternals was a boring movie, is what I think about Eternals. I can see the ways in which it's boring but like it wasn't to me for those reasons 
Yeah, they just had to spend so much time. And I love world building. I love uh, weird characters with weird origins. But they just had to spend so much of the movie being like, okay, before we get into this, this is what Eternals are, and this is what Celestials are, and this is what they've been doing for a long time, and this is why they matter, and this is why they haven't been doing anything for a while. Oh, here's a plot uh, now, after all that. And we're going to put more of the explanation scattered throughout. Don't worry. See, I will say, I think they did an excellent job of sprinkling, sprinkling that throughout the film. That's fair. I don't know. It it was rough for me. Uh I I it, it's another one. Uh I liked more than a lot of people did, but certainly mm-hmm. not my favorite. But And I'll but, say I probably like Love and Thunder more than a lot of people. Yeah. I didn't I didn't love the movie, but I did enjoy it. Yeah. Like I'm not saying it's one of the best, but it was like solid mid-tier Marvel, like not even low tier for me. Hmm. I would say low tier, but also like the bar is high. So for sure, I wouldn't say low tier is a bad thing. And I would put it on the lower end of mid tier. This doesn't matter. Uh, the villain is a, uh, we already said the Tesla that got shot into space. I forgot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's doing all that. Did we, John, is there anything else we need to decide about the movie? Uh, I think you were going to say parts? something that connected to Thor love and thunder. I think I just brought up Thor Love and Thunder because I like talking about superheroes with you. (laughs) That's fair. And I wanted to say my opinion on the movie and get yours. Uh, It was a serviceable movie. Yeah, it worked a lot better than I thought it would. Visually, very cool. And Uh, I hate that one of my favorite things about this movie was my problem with the movie, in essence, and that's the Screaming Goats. Because, like... Knowing that that is a piece of mythology and lore that is real, that they just included rather than throwing in there because lol random is the best. That's fair. And it also fit very much in the Taika humor. Yeah. God bless him. Dwayne the Rock Johnson is a Tesla that got shot into space and is a villain trying to destroy the world. We've said... Okay, well, no, we've already linked him to the race plot and the sun plot. Do we just need to decide how the movie ends? What and else do we name. need to do? But I think racing to the sun is good. How about instead of racing to, it's racing the sun? Race the sun. Yeah. Cars 8, race the sun. Do we want Cars 8 or do we just want race the sun? I think... The name of the movie is Race the Sun, a Cars film. Okay, we need to make... I do like that, and this does fit this criteria. I want to incorporate Cars and 8 in it in the stupidest way possible, Fast and the Furious style. Ra8's the sun? No, that 8 doesn't fit there. But they rarely do, so... Rate the sun. No, that's nothing. Uh, one star, because you get it, because it's because it's one because it's only and it's the star. Uh, <laughs> fine, <laughs> race the sun. A Cars Eight film. No, Cars film. Cars Eight, race the sun also works. And if we do a Cars film, it does make it seem more like a spinoff. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Cars 8 Race the Sun. Stupid. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I love, again, I love the fact that that's wrong. Yeah. They're not racing the sun. They're not even racing to the sun. It just sounds better. Some people are trying to put out a solar flare, which, no, it's, no? Okay. And the other people are going to Mars to do a race on Mars. Incredible. Incredible. I don't know. Do we have anything, anything else we need to say? You probably said something else we need to decide. I need to pay it, start paying attention during these podcasts. We do. I I got nothing right now. Um, okay. What's the new main character's name? The new main character? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to introduce a character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like it'd be good if it's a Martian. I like that. 
Yeah. And, and he's going to stick with the rest of the series. Yes, of course. He's going to live on Earth for the most part. I would love to give him a John Joan style name or a McGann style name. Mm-hmm. That's basically just an Earth name with a apostrophe in there. Talir. Like Taylor? Ty- Tyler. Ty- Tyler, yes. <laughs> it's it's just Tyler with an accent over the E and an apostrophe. Tyler. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's it. <laughs> All right, but Tyler Smith. <laughs> Can we get some alliteration in there? That's one of my favorite parts about John Jones. <laughs> All right. Okay, so... I want it to be like tugs, sure. but then he'd have to be a tugboat or a tow truck, but we can't, we can't introduce to another. To tugs. Sure. Cause that works for a car name very well. <laughs> Great. And he's involved. And his uh, secret he... identity is of course, Tyler toe. Great. And he's friends with Mater. But Mater is suspicious of him. Despite knowing that he is a Martian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so his part in the movie, he's maybe... Okay, maybe they don't start it as a way to investigate uh, Elon the Rock Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, maybe they're in the race and Tyler uh, <laughs> comes and uh tips them off he is maybe maybe he's a historian on ancient mars and he's like all this stuff he's saying is is straight up fake uh Uh, half of this mythology didn't exist until 12 years ago which is crazy to begin with but also like he's going against the other half Mm. yeah i like that i i like having a representative of you know the alien race be a major part in it you know if we're throwing aliens in there there should be a major alien mm-hmm. and uh Dwayne musk is of course <laughs> he is our trump analog and is just the like uh emperor king of mars great okay real quick should mars be named cars yes Okay, so Tyler Tugs is a Karchan. Incredible. I love it. And I think we should land on Dwayne the Musk Johnson. <laughs> Dwayne the Musk Johnson. That's his, that's his name. That's the that's character's the, name. The it's problem not the actor. there is the actor is Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Stanley from The Office is named Stanley in real life, you know? All right, so it's Dwayne the Musk Johnson. I gotta check that now. No, he's one of the few that isn't. That's Leslie David Baker. Mm. Creed from The Office is named Creed in real life. Come on, give me that. Okay. Here we go. Yes, yes, incredible. <laughs> Great. Oh, oh when you it, said give me that, I thought you were asking for me to approve of that. Like, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. That sounds right. I don't know. Real quick, do you want to, do we feel like we've solved Cars 8, Race the Sun? It sounds like a McElroy uh, year subtitle, Race the Sun. All right. So that's the Kachat's year motto is Race the Sun. And we're not going to tell you what that means. Sorry. Uh, All right. We could make it like a the race to Cars 8, except Cars is the planet Cars. But we'd have to say race to the planet Cars 8. It's pretty stupid. <laughs> I don't know. Race the sun's so powerful. All right. So just race the sun. Yeah. Great. Real quick, the wizard sent us an email. Do you want to, before we sign off, look at it real quick? First off, uh, they say that being called the wizard is very funny to them for some reason. We're also welcome to call them uh, wizard or whiz. And I'm 
for sure going to call them the Wiz. So the Wiz is what we will call you. At least I will. John's willing to. The Wonderful Wiz. Ooh, the Wonderful Wizard of Cars. Yes. Yes. Okay. Also tell us if you're okay with the Wonderful Wizard of Cars. Until you tell us otherwise, I'm going to say it. Uh, So the Wonderful Wizard of Cars has sent us an email about Guido. Guido is, in fact, a lot smaller than most forklifts. Uh, but going with squishy bit theory, he has to have a squishy bit. Uh, but he is so the sw- squishy bit has to be as tiny as well. Uh, how does that all fit in his tiny forklift body? It's not nearly enough for a motor and a squishy bit. Plus, he needs a whole set of hydraulics to effectively perform all the tasks he does in the movies. And as we've said, he seems stronger than most forklifts. Uh, so I've got something. Uh, we've heard from, of course, one of the makers of the film or one of the people working on the film is that you can't open the door because then the stuff will fall out. Yes. Uh, Or that's where the brain is. Uh, But we've also seen Mater open his car door and stuff didn't fall out. We didn't see any squishy stuff. So importantly, so importantly, (laughs) this was Mater's soul opening up his body to go back in Mm -hmm. uh that happened within like the blink of an eye uh as he was in the process of dying so and perhaps not the best representation of what would happen in real life we have also seen celine yes celine de fair of course has an inside that you can just see all the stuff so i have proposed before that perhaps the squishy bit is a weirdly thin layer just behind uh, the glass, the layer of glass. And also it includes somehow, for some reason, some way, the tongue. So perhaps uh, the squishy bit in general is much smaller than we think of it as being. I do like that. I also do like, I mean, we've theorized before because Guido is so strong that he is a Captain America style super soldier. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, uh, if you've seen uh, the What If episode of it, when he's in his super suit, he is still small. Which works. That does work. So, maybe someone, we're gonna default to Maru from Planes, Fire, and Rescue, because he's the only evil scientist we know. Mm-hmm. No, he's not the only one. Uh, there's Professor Zundap. Well, no. I would say that uh, Zundap's the only evil scientist we know. Maru's evil. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> but Zundap is clearly Arnim Zola. Clearly. Mm-hmm. I could, you could one-to-one that. Uh, yeah. So Maru, maybe he just super-loaded every piece of mechanics to the point where he, like, miniature, like mastered miniaturization, you know? Like, he just crammed more stuff in there than possible. Uh, and that's what makes guido a super soldier other theory yeah ant-man technology when he gets real small his punch is supposed to have the same force as a bullet sure maybe guido was actually really big and was also (laughs) strong and all these things and then he was shrunk okay i like that uh let's see if we're going ant-man ant size to, you know, Ant-Man normal, he would be the size of a mountain. Which we have seen car-shaped mountain. Okay, yeah, you're absolutely right. We see a lot of car-shaped mountains in the background so of a lot of shots. he's shop. just an eldritch one. <laughs> yeah, sure. John, that can't be our explanation for every character, but we found a pretty good way to fit it for Guido, so I'll allow it. We do have two characters who have time and time again proven to be far more than they should be. Yeah. So I think that being an, an elder god fits for those two characters. I mean, it's also our explanation for trains, but we don't have to get into it. Uh, yeah, but they're kind of like demigods. Sure. Whatever. So anyway, I hope that helps the wonderful Wizard of Cars. Uh, again, if you don't want to be called that, we'll go back to the Wiz or the Wizard. Uh, anyway, that's the end of the show. 
I hope you enjoyed the mind movie version of Cars 8 Race the Sun. Uh, if you work at Pixar, feel free to send us a check. This is all TM, TM, TM copyrighted for us. Mm-hmm. Please don't steal the plot. I know you'll want to. Uh, so if you want to send in any of those inquiries about buying the rights to Cars 8 Race the Sun, uh, or if you just want to send us a question, I guess, you can do so at our email address, which is thekachat at gmail.com. Again, big ups to the wonderful Wizard of Cars for doing so. Uh, and you can also tweet at us on Twitter for now. Uh, our username is at thekachat. There's no hyphen in either of those. All one word. Now, John says his part of the outro. Remember to like, comment, subscribe, tell anyone and everyone you think might be the least bit interested in this kooky, quirky, strange little podcast. Rate and review because that might actually help. And until next time, remember to float like a Cadillac. And sting like a Beamer. So do you think that was our worst movie pitch ever or like only in the bottom three? I'd say it's in the bottom five. Okay, I'll take it. (laughs) Bye. Bye.